Hello and welcome to my podcast, How I Teach Golf. My name's Duncan Walger and I hope you enjoy the show. So welcome to another episode of Golf. Um, I'm your host, Duncan Walger, and uh, I've been teaching golf now since uh, probably about mid-1994. And whether it was junior coaching, county coaching, um, coaching the, the disabled on in, uh, all-inclusive um, uh, ventures that I've been doing with Berkshire or BB&O, uh, we always had uh, some wonderful people who were very, very gracious at their times, uh, who did it unpaid, who are the unsung heroes, I think, of a lot of our profession which is the volunteers. So what I wanted to do was find um, find a very special volunteer who was willing to come on um, so I could big them up a little bit and just to say a big thank you from all of our, all the professional golfers out there who, who use the volunteers um, and a big thank you from, the, from me personally from when I was a junior golfer, whether it be with Middlesex or whether it was with Surrey that, even back then in the in the late 80s and early 90s that we always had a volunteer there that was willing to help out um, free of charge and give their time so so graciously so who better than Wendy Lodder for for me to interview Wendy how are you I'm fine thank you Duncan lovely to speak to you lovely lovely to speak to you uh, again thank you so much for coming on pleasure um, I was really, really pleased uh, to be in the room last year when you got your award. Um, but how did you, first of all, how did you get into golf? And then if you want to continue on, why did you, um, why did you end up volunteering? Sure. Well, um, ironically, my parents didn't play. Um, I was always quite a sporty person. Um, uh, but my mum died of, of cancer and some friends took me to the driving range in the summer. And we had an absolute hoot and um, uh, I managed to hit the ball completely round the range, as everyone does when they start, um, yeah. trying to kill everybody. Uh, and I had an absolutely, absolutely outrageous time. Uh, loved it and wanted to get into it. So we had a lot of golf clubs where I lived. Uh, so I went around and kind of interviewed all the pros, if you like, uh, and said, you know, what are your packages and whatever. And um, found this really nice guy. Who, he was he was very a very bald chap. You'll know who he is, Frank Kiddy, and uh, yeah. he um, he was an absolute hoot. And I went into his shop and I'm, I was looking around aimlessly with my friend because we were a bit. I think we'd been to five golf clubs by that time. And he said, "You look a bit lost." I said, "I am." And he said, "Well, see if I can help you." I said, "Well, I don't know whether you can, but I need." would like to speak to someone about lessons, please, for my friend and I, because, you know, us girls stick together. And yep. um, I said, but I've got no kit, no idea, nothing. And I need to do it on the weekend. And he said, great, I'm the person to talk to. And, you know, I had a great time with him. I bought second-hand clubs from him. Um, my friend broke her wrist. He said, you, oh. you do realise you're always going to be a better golfer than your friend. And I said, no, but... She's not that particularly sporty, but I mean, she, she's continued the game as well. And, uh, you know, after about um, ten, eight or 10 years of going to him, I'd got down to signal figures. Uh, well, I'd actually got to 12 and I'd kind of plateaued with Frank. 
yeah. then he moved to Cheshire, little devil. And, okay. and it was a little bit of a commute from Cambridgeshire to Cheshire. Yeah. Um, so I, I did go to him and I, I, you know, I felt a loyalty to him because he'd been so good to me uh, to travel for about a year. Um, and then I went on a golfing holiday and met a lady professional from Essex. Um, and she ripped apart my, my short game at this, <laughs> at this, uh, this uh, holiday thing. Um, and it did always be, I always knew my whole short game was awful. Um, and because she lived in the town where my, my family are from around that area, uh, I asked her if I could have lessons. And um, I had lessons with her. And it was during that time, um, I was kind of made redundant and at a loose end. She was doing a lot of initiatives with young girls and ladies. Mm-hmm. And um, there was this thing called the PGA Level 1. So I spent a few hard shekels, hard-earned shekels on the two-day course, um, <laughs> which was officiated by Jamie Donaldson and Steve Anstall. At, there you yeah. go. Yeah. So that was two days of fun. Um, at, it would be those two. <laughs> <laughs> so I, and I got my badge and, uh, and everything, along with a few spotty-haired teenagers and Suzanne Dickens. So um, accused yeah. me of being a teacher, which was very hard. Um, very heartfelt for me, um, and I said, "No, I just manage people. You have to, you have to round them up sometimes." Um, so that, that's how I first started with the with the volunteering to try and, and grow the game, I guess. Um, and, and obviously, that gave me the ability to grow the game with another professional because obviously there are limits to your license, and also the license meant, you know, you have quite a strict regime in terms of. I think it's called DSM now, whatever it's called, but it used to be called CRB and you used to have to do your child protection every three years, which is always good because I always used to do it with football or cricket people. But anyway, um, they tend to have more problems than than golf, thank God. Um, But uh, yes, I I had all of that, you see. So um, I went on and I helped out and I did, you know, as you say, lots of junior sessions, group lady sessions, all sorts of things um, to support the growth. Because, I mean, I love the game. It got me out. It got me away from, you know, the grief of losing my mum. People Mm. were lovely. Um, There were a couple now that I would uh, steer a fine line away from when we're signing up for certain things. Um, But that's because I don't enjoy their company. But most of the people I've found over the years been just super and obviously um in more recent years even super super still but um so that's how I started then I did lots of uh sessions and then that translated to I guess ultimately um Sarah was stuck with the east regional manager he'd become uh, unwell and poorly and she was struggling for coverage around the safety aspects of the under-18s England sessions. Um, And, and, you know, it's a huge part of of what we do to make sure that children and adults are safe when we're we're teaching. It's massive. Because those clubs are really quite lethal when swung at certain miles an hour and people are not watching. Um, So I got into the England side really by going along and extending the hours that he wasn't able to do 
Um, and then after I'd done that for a while, he sadly resigned because of ill health. Um, and mm. um, the England guys, I mean, they all fully vetted me. I obviously had to show all my credentials, etc. Um, and having a PGA level one was obviously a huge as- aspect to it. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, I loved it. I I did more and more sessions. Um, they said, would I like to stay on? I said, I would love to stay on. You know, And mm. um, that's how it, it happened, really. And then I, I did it all the time. Um, and then sadly, I got struck down with cancer myself, which is a little unfortunate. Yeah. A little unfortunate. So, um, yeah, so that was kind of where I got to in terms of helping helping other, you know, potential golfers. And it's a it's a great joy um, to not not just young golfers, but people who've retired, people who maybe have lost their husband or wife, and they're and they're struggling. I know how that feels. Yeah. I know how that feels. Um, you know, that's how I got into golf because I was struggling. I didn't have any focus. And, uh, you know, they come along and, you know, they borrow clubs and they take it as it is. And, you know, some you can see from the start are going to be reasonably good. You know, you're a coach, Duncan, you know this. And some are, are probably are going to always hack it round at 28. But, you yep. know, they've met some new friends, have made That's some right. new buddies, and they've got a place to go every week. But for, for that, yes, you know, rock up. That's right. It's a great form of escapism. Uh, it gets you, it, you know, it gets you out of it gets you out of yourself. Like you said, you can meet new people. Mm. Um, I mean, I remember when my, um, you know when my mum died and my dad basically didn't didn't play a lot of golf and bits and pieces, and he ended up ended up fixing up a game for my father. Um, at Wentworth, just making up a four yep. ball with a lady who I worked with at Wentworth. She already had another partner, and they they basically had a a spare place in their four ball. Um, and that person ended up becoming my stepmom. <laughs> Good. <laughs> so I mean, golf can you know any any form of sport, but you know I've obviously can relate to it a lot more with golf it just it brings you out it gets you out you can meet new friends opens more horizons for you and you know that's I think that's one of the reasons why I just love this game so much it's it's not necessarily about finding the person that's gonna pick it up do it every day and become a scratch golfer or anything like that no and we'll get into the game for lots and lots of different reasons yeah and I think I think it's actually nice that it isn't like that actually Mm. because I think, you know, some people aren't natural athletes or um, natural sports people. Other people are. And the thing I like about golf is anyone can play. You yeah. know, regardless of their standard, whether they top it, whether they fat it, whatever, you know, they get that one shot, don't they? It yeah. just seems to come out the middle of the bat and they're off again. And every mm. round you can play terribly, you know, and it doesn't matter what your standard, you can play terribly. And all of a sudden you get that one shot or that long putt you make that swirls and snakes its way down the green and just happens to catch the hole and go in. And you're so excited. Um, you know, it's, it's, if you've got a good 
match play going on. You know, we watch the Ryder Cup, we do the Solheim Cup for the ladies. We get such a good vibe off those matches because they're electric. You know, mm. it's 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 a team. It's not about, you know, Dame Laura. It's not about Georgia Hall. It's about the team. And they go out there and mm. they fight for that point. And it's like a personal, personal fight for that point. You know, yeah. um, although they know each other week in, week out. So, yes. So, and then obviously a very humbled, um, did think I got the sympathy vote a little bit, but apparently not. I, 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 no, <laughs> no. I am. Um, I was. I was humbled beyond humble that my squad, um, knowing that I had cancer, because I was always open and honest with the parents, um, mm-hmm. because they would see changes in me, and I didn't want them to be frightened by that. Yeah. I wanted them to understand that sadly, by 2020, which is not that far away, cancer will affect one in two people. And, you know, young people need to understand and have it explained to them. But my guys took it so, so well. Um, and, you know, they, they rallied round and they made sure. I mean, they never played up or anything. Um, they were always on time. You know, 8.30, that Sunday morning, it could be freezing and snowing. They would be there. Yeah. And I'd be there. And I'd be there as best I could every time going, good morning. How are you? How's it going? Yeah. You know, and they did individual videos, as you saw, which was just humbling. It was, uh, it was, it was, I can still remember sitting in the room. You've got X amount of people in Mm. the room. It was the, the attention on all the coaches, volunteers, every, every, the start, everybody just watching that video. It was, I mean, it was so the word cool is you know it was it was brilliant it was awesome it was it was just so nice to see the 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 group wanting to make the video Mm. and the words that they used and everything that they did it was it was just fantastic Wendy it was it was really really nice and I don't know if that video is actually available Uh, I have it I Uh, have it you have it I mean if I mean you don't have to if you don't want to but uh, you know if, if if people want to to get the link to the video i think it's just it just to me it epitomizes what what everyone as 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 volunteers what they can actually how they can affect people's lives um by giving of their time and caring by wanting to grow the game in whatever capacity they want to do it so whether it be junior development at the club or at a national level like yourself or whether it be bringing more um women and girls into the game, uh, disabled, Mm -hmm. uh, people battling back from disabilities Mm -hmm. and the the war veterans and and, and all the other aspects of of golf that that England golf do cover and other governing bodies like the PGA and and everything else, that we do rely on the volunteers. And like I said, you know, like, you know, you're all you're all my heroes because I've I couldn't do my job without you guys. I could never do my my job without all the guys that have always helped me from way back in 1994 at Moor Park. You know, I just couldn't do it. So it's um, it's 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 a wonderful thing that you do. And like I said, it was you didn't get the sympathy vote. You thoroughly deserved your award. Thank you. And when you watch that video and you listen to how, how much they 
you know, just how much those 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 kids, how much they they think of you. Well, you know, how much the 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 impact you've had on well, them. Well, the word I, I that kept popping up was inspiring, and and I yeah. think um, if as a volunteer you can inspire young, old, whatever to enjoy the the game you love, then that's got to be a good thing, right? Um, yeah, absolutely. And um, you know that it wasn't a two way it was a two way street. It wasn't a one way street. Those children inspired me on with my journey. Absolutely. Um, I wouldn't be sitting here now if they hadn't inspired me on. You know, and I miss them. Yeah. I miss yeah. them terribly. I really do. Cool. I'm gonna I'm gonna change it up a bit before we start blubbing. <laughs> <laughs> Wendy, your um your favourite golfers. Oh. And who would be in your dream four ball? My favourite golfers. Well, I watch quite a lot of golf. Um <laughs> funnily enough. And more than I used to, which is because I don't play it anymore. Um I think Georgia Hogg for me stands out. Um, as a young player that's going places. Um, mm -hmm. So she would be in my dream football as well. Um, I think Laura Davis has inspired generations of, of golfers, male and female. And I do, I yeah. do love it when she, she stands some of the foreign players who are just on tour and she gets the old wedge out on the, on the tee box, on the par fives, whack, whack. And then puts the ball on and then just dishes it off, puts her foot on the thing, which she hasn't even hit, and then wanders off down the fairway. And she's still 50 yeah. yards in front of them. Cracks me up. I've been watching her for 20 years now, and she still mm. has the same, the same way of doing things and the same jaunty walk. And not yeah. a lesson as she had. That woman is incredible, really. Yeah. No, she's amazing. She's so... Amazing. Um, and I love her commentary as well. I think she's just awesome. I'm, yeah, I think I her, her with Johnson on on Sky that I've listened to. Yeah, I think they, they need they, to they need to employ her. Yeah, she's great. Isn't she? Yeah, I like watching Mel Reed because she's got a sort of fiery, aggressive approach, um, and she's a credit to her mum. That girl. Mm. So, and then if we go to the boys' game. Rory, just because it is so amazing off his driver. I just, he, he, that guy has got such a straight drive at the minute. And um, I enjoy watching him. And then probably the big boys, you know, Spieth, DJ and Fowler. They're like the three little musketeers. One of them is going to go boom. It's, I, think, I think Fowler's going to come in. One of these majors, probably... I think the Open, because he seems to favour that normally. Um, mm -hmm. One of the Opens, he'll he'll get eventually. So they, they're the people, kind of people I like to watch. So also my dream four ball, Freddie Couples. He's got huge... Yeah. I mean, his swing is just... Well, it looks effortless, to be honest. He's got a hugely great temperament. I think that's massive when you're talking about a player, the temperament. I think we've got some good young players... Sometimes the temperament is not always good. And probably Annika, I think. 
the woman again has a temperament and an approach about her game that is unlike others. And I think that obviously has set her apart from her competitors. Uh, mm -hmm. So she would have been there. I did have one person that I was told I couldn't have because they were deceased. But um, no, I didn't. I didn't make that. Oh, rule okay. Up. Well, <laughs> if I could have this person, Payne Stewart, I think the man was a a true gentleman and a true sportsman, and you know the the only man never to retain, return to to try and retain his his U.S. Open title. And, mm -hmm. you know, the guy was obviously cut down in the prime of his life. And uh, he he just, I, I know he was different with his clothing and things like that. Not outrageously different, but um, he was a pure gentleman. Mm. You know, and we've got a lot of those people in golf um, who can encourage and instill um, and who embody all the things that golf is about. And um, um, it's a shame there are not more of them. Really. Yeah. I can remember going down to Royal St. George's in 1993 mm. for the Open. I went down when I went... Uh, Clark won. Okay, uh, 2000... Uh, was it two? Uh, pardon was me? It, what, what was it? 2000 and, was it 2010? Was it about 2010? I don't think so. My, around that time, but I went to I went in ninety I went in ninety three, and I saw Payne Stewart, Fred Couples, and Davis Love play a practice wow. round. And I was already a huge Payne Stewart fan. I had all the gear, you know, yeah, the plus yeah, fours, yeah. and I was working on scoreboard number one. Ooh. And uh, we were staying in a campsite, and I was so tired that I went and slept or went to rest my eyes shall we say underneath the scoreboard oh no as he played through i missed him <laughs> oh no i was gutted but he, he, he like you said we, we talked about inspiration one of the one of the people that inspired me and wanted you know one of the reasons why i wanted to get into the game um was Payne Stewart. i just thought he was fantastic yeah um, um, so that, is that your four ball then yes so it's Freddie, Annika, and uh, and Payne Stewart. Yeah. Well, I'd have Georgia Hall because I was told I couldn't have Payne Stewart. But but, okay. it, but yeah, I mean, I mean, Georgia Hall, I think, is going to inspire a next generation mm. of golfer. You know, um, I just think she outclasses a lot of the young golfers we've got in terms of her composure, her temperament. Um, it will be very interesting to see. I mean, obviously, she's won the Open. Yeah. But I think she's going to win a lot, lot more. Great, and I, I think I can only—I think that can only be a good. I thing. think I think it's a great <laughs> thing. I think it's a great thing yeah. for England golf, um, and I think it's testament to a lot of the attributes that coaches like yourself, Duncan, are extracting from the squad players, um, and how you're preparing them for for tournaments. I know. She's had financial personal struggles. Um, and mm. let's be honest, a lot of golfers do. You know, it's not plain sailing. They all have to have jobs and, you know, especially I would love to see the L.E.T. 
rise up to its strength again and, and, and you know, have a lot more tournaments going forward because, you know, that's a, it's a great breeding ground um, for our major players. Mm, totally agree. Totally agree. What course would you play this four ball one? Pebble Beach. To play round. Have you actually been to Pebble Beach? No, or are you no. Like... It's it's a bucket list item. Yeah, same as me. Same as me. It's uh, somewhere I'd, I'd love to go next year's next year's U.S. Opens at Pebble Beach. I know. So, but it's in June, and I'm always very busy in June. But you never know. Well, I don't. I don't know. know a good coach who isn't busy in June. To be honest, <laughs> you should be so... is busy in June. Yes. We should be. We should be. Uh, Wendy, what concerns and hopes do you have for golf? Um, I think I, I'm a corporate girl, right? So I, um, I see the politics being played and all sorts of stuff. But I really hope that that doesn't happen and that we have our major bodies working together on initiatives more so than putting out their own initiatives. Because I think... <laughs> Jointly, you're a much stronger force. You can bear much uh, greater force to the decisions that happen. And you can also seem to have a joined up approach. So I think, you know, we, we all want to see, you know, let's be honest, Duncan, golf is going through one of its slumps at the moment. It's difficult for clubs. It's difficult for golf professionals and all the other people that surround the industry. And you wanting to get more and more people to play, then you may have to have a bit more flexibility with, you know, the folks that are turning up at your door. Because we're not in a 1980s final salary, high interest rate situation. You know, our our high interest rate folks uh, that were playing in the 80s are now in their 70s or 80s. They're being squashed on utilities um the interest rate is no longer there they have a very set income because they've retired and and they're they're taking a beating at the other end of the scale you've got the students who are taking a beating because they can't can't or won't or we're not sure get a job and 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 (laughs) some of the people i've interviewed have been a won't um (laughs) And uh, they, you know, they've got limited funds. So when you've got a sport that takes a long time, um, can be quite expensive with your memberships and your joining fees and, you know, just the equipment. You know, I've got mine insured for over three grand um, because I've got some posh end gear because I used to be able to play well. But, um, (laughs) you know, the point is we, we haven't got golf clubs with people queuing up to join. Um, even mm. even the most respected clubs in in England uh, are some of them are struggling financially. Uh, we'll see more and more clubs close as they get more. You know, most of them are on prime property. Uh, the property developers will come along and make them an offer, and they get put it to membership, and they're all getting fifty grand or something. All of a, all of yeah. a sudden, the golf club's gone. You know, and that's that's the local social place or all of a sudden disappearing and I think it's a great shame and I think sadly before it stops we will see more golf clubs consumed by property developers 
and shut down. And so, okay, that kind of pushes membership around the place a little bit. But, you know, people have got to understand what golf's about. You know, and, and recently on Twitter, I've seen a lot about, what was it, Sockgate. And, yeah. you know, that's not helpful. Um, I appreciate the standards we should adhere to as a golfer um, and as a volunteer and keeping people safe and making sure they've got the right equipment that's not going to hurt them and they're wearing appropriate shoes and stuff so, again, they don't slip and fall and hurt themselves is, is paramount. But I think when we're talking about the height of the sock, which was the thing that was talked about, um, yeah. and we also look at, you know, the person is, you are never going to get a young man between the ages of probably about 18 and 35 wearing long socks like that. That's not what they do. I mean, even the more mature man is wearing a, what we call, I would say, a, um, an ankle high sock. Um, yeah. For a start, they don't necessarily sell the long sock uh, or they think they're going to a football match. Um, mm. and, and also, it's roasting. Why do you want your half of your leg covered up? Yeah. You know, unless you're going into the undergrowth and there's bitey things in there. The only yeah. possible benefit I can see of having that. But, you know, yeah. those are the things I see as the challenges um, and opportunities for us all because, you know, we're all a member of a golf club. I'm a member of a member's golf club, which is probably infinitely worse um, in the fact that they're quite slow to change. Whereas a you know, proprietary golf club sees the people walking out the door and goes, ah, I need them back. <laughs> and so will change more rapidly. Um, but I don't think it should be that way. I think people should be sensible. And I would suggest in, in the 80s, if you want to do long socks, fine. That was probably 80s dress attire. It's not 2018's dress attire. And you even see people like Stenson on practice day. He's not wearing long socks at Carnoustie. So why are we asking for people to wear long socks at perhaps a golf club of lesser stature? If we don't ask at Canoosti. Yeah. I don't think it matters length of socks or colours of socks. No, or... I don't think it does. You know, as long as you've got appropriate clothing on that looks presentable. And then I, I saw a picture of the man. He had beautifully tailored shorts. He, he had mm. adequate shoes. Um, if a little, a little grisly. But, um, <laughs> but, but, you know, he had the shoes on. He had the, he had the appropriate um, smart tailored shorts. I'm assuming he had a, a, a you know, a pucker top. You know, mm. what, is, do you think someone would turn Tiger Woods down if he rocked up there, he didn't have the socks and he had one of those Nike sort of soft collar tops? Do you think, do you think they'd turn him away? I don't think so. <laughs> you know, well, I mean, one man's 60 pounds is the same as another man's 60 pounds. Surely. There you go. Yeah. So, I think I think for me it's let's all let's all get round the table, people. Plan out what we're going to do jointly. Make sure it works. Launch it. Get on with it because they're both really good initiatives to get people back into the game. Let's look at how we treat people who are perhaps a casual golfer because they have to be because of their family, um, and let's get to the point where. 
we allow people to wear what is the sporting sales attire of the day. Couldn't agree more, Wendy. Easy as that. How difficult is that? That wasn't very difficult. <laughs> you know, it, 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 to me, it just, you sit there and these people are ranting on Twitter about it and you think, good Lord. You know, with all this rubbish going on in the world and we're worrying about the length of socks. <laughs> Why don't we put some more effort into things that make a difference rather than yawing on about things that make no difference? Perfect. Perfect. Wendy, there's the... Um... The podcast is yours. The listeners are yours. Is there anything else you'd like to add or speak about? It's it's down to you. Or if you haven't, as you are guest of the day, you get to ask question of the day. So that can be golf related or or not. Again, it's up to you. So who would, you obviously want to play play ball like me and you've got some of my heroes in your four ball. If you could go and play those courses with those people, what would you talk about? Oh, that's a great question. So you get to, not only do you get to pick your dream four ball yep. on your dream, yep. we also want you to start to think about what actually would you talk about? Yeah. Yeah. What do you want, what do you want to, what do you want to, furnished from those people what questions do, have you got about you know their lives their upbringing or thoughts on this that and the other yes yeah excellent so is there any questions you'd like to ask those those three or four people i i would like to understand their experiences as young golfers to understand how much because they're obviously from different generations how much yeah. has changed um from when they started uh, because I'd like, I'd really like to hear that, that, that perhaps Georgia Hall's experience was vastly different to a Payne Stewart or a Fred Couples or an Annika, because I would like to have thought that as a body of golfers, we had better embraced the juniors um, I would like to hear that the ladies generally are finding more opportunities for them to play. And we obviously know the men have. So, you know, because their prize purses are just ridiculous. Um, and, you know, some of that's down to the fact, you know, they had a star golfer. Um, mm. And I think as a, as a ladies group, we need to find ours. We mm-hmm. need to find our version of Tiger Woods. I'm not suggesting she hits it this far or whatever, but we need to find somebody who is going to be, for, I guess, a poster girl, a poster yeah. lady. You know, like Woods was the poster guy. You thought golf, you thought Tiger Woods. Um, you know, and, and Nike did very well out of it for 20 years. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd like to think that we could learn from their experiences of how they were treated growing up and what those were and whether or not how, I mean, obviously Annika's got a lot of her foundation stuff, which she believes in, but how 
if you remove the barriers, which I'm sure she has, if you remove the barriers, how much better could it be? Yeah. Oh, very good. Great questions to ponder around a, a dinner table after the round or whilst you're walking yes, around. Yes, absolutely. Fantastic. Wendy, anything else you want to say? Thank you very much for listening, uh, readers, and I hope, um, or listeners, I hope you, uh, if you're thinking of volunteering, you give it a go and see how fulfilling it can be. Not just for you, but understand that it's fulfilling for other people. And you don't need to get cancer to realise that. But sadly, that was the wake-up call for me, is I had no idea of the impact I made on other people. And it lasted until I was sick. So please give up your time. It doesn't have to be a lot of time, but give up your time. Go, go, go find a friendly pro and give it a go because it's worthwhile. Thank you. Wendy, I can't add to that. Thanks very, ever so much for coming on the podcast. You are an inspiration. And uh, I look forward to catching up with you soon. Me too. Take care, Duncan. Cheers now.